since 2004, 5, 6, somewhere up in there, that um, uh, I missed Speaker Gingrich. I don't miss him in his Decepticon neocon form, but I miss the fact that Gingrich actually set as a goal for the House of Representatives uh, to get off of the deficit spending crack of the 1990s and get back to at least attempting or pretending as though financial matters of the government of the United States actually mattered. And give Newt, uh, give Newt credit. See, he got the gavel in, on election night 1994, or soon after, and he began his speakership in 1995. By 1996, well, the end of welfare as we know it had been passed. Uh, several other acts had been passed. You fast forward to 1999, and uh, whether you can believe it, I mean, this is hard to believe, isn't it? Here we are with 24 year, years later, and this is a pipe dream. It's a fantasy that the Congress of the United States actually balanced the budget. And then in 1999-2000, they actually had a surplus. <laughs> they had more money coming in, it was going out, and the debt was actually starting to be paid down. But then, of course, then we, the neocons had decided that the peace initiative was not going to be, or the peace dividend, rather, was not going to be a peace dividend whatsoever. And that we needed us a good old-fashioned shooting war. So, bam, bam, two planes smash into the Twin Towers. One supposedly hits the Pentagon. Another one is vaporized. Like it's beamed into outer space in a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And bam, oh, the war on terror. The war on terror is launched. Well, seven, eight trillion dollars later, half a million dead in Iraq. God knows how many across what they call the Middle East. Seven thousand, eight thousand. The numbers vary on how many were actually killed in battle. Over two hundred thousand wounded war heroes and a Trump presidency. Eight years of Obama, and here we are. The deficit this year will run 1.7 to, how much is that, Mr. Uh, Exchequer? Two trillion dollars. And nobody seems to care. No. Nope. Ah, put it on the credit card. We'll pay it back later. Well, here's the problem. It never gets paid back later. So it was with great surprise I might have even smiled for a minute. <laughs> when new Speaker of the House of Representatives, who also claims to be a historian and uh, an originalist when it comes to the Constitution, Mike Johnson. I don't know if you know that about him. Speaker Johnson told uh, the regime leader to shove it. <laughs> he actually went down to the White House and told Biden, you're not getting the money. He, he actually pulled a Biden on Biden. I looked at my watch and I went, hey, you know, I'm supposed to leave here in about six hours and uh, you're not getting the money. If you don't give me offset uh, spending cuts, you're not getting the money. And uh, uh, Biden said, well, call, uh, you can't do that. Only McCarthy can do that. And Johnson said to, uh, to Biden, call him up. You're not getting the money. Well, son of a biscuit. Six hours later, uh, he didn't get the money, and he got offset spending cuts. They actually cut funding 
to the IRS. The Decepticons in the Senate are howling for Johnson's head. Imagine it. We can't have this. We're in an emergency existential crisis. We have to have this funded for Israel. And Mike Johnson's like, you can have your funding for Israel, but you're going to give me all sending cuts and we're going to cut it for real. Or I'm not giving you a dime. Bill's not even going to come to the floor. Uh, and again, get this, the regime leader has threatened to veto it. The regime leader says, and, and look, and I'm, I, I, I hope he does, and said, uh, you listen to me, me and Corn Pop made a request and you give us what we want or else. Or else what? I have been saying since Baina was Shrieker, Congress has all the power. Not some of it, all of it. They have the power of the purse. They could have told Obama, you're not getting anything, pal. Your little Obama bill, Obamacare bill is not going to be funded. We are not going to fund it. We're going to send, unless you, we're going to send this to you and you're going to sign it. It could have been the balanced budget amendment, for example, which at the time, I don't know if you remember this, but me and hair doctor Kevin Gutzman and many other people were agitating for it. And it came really close to a BBA, a balanced budget amendment um, uh, convention actually being held. I think they only needed like seven or eight more states to sign off on it, and it would have actually happened. But the powers that be thwarted that effort to never be visited again. So it was with great, as I said, joy yesterday that I watched Speaker Johnson go to war for fiscal sanity and go like, no, no, we have to do this. People expect us to do this. They do it at their kitchen tables and <laughs> dag nabbit, we ought to do it. Now, now, there's another part to this, and I didn't do it yesterday. Mike, Mike, Mike Parrott kind of covered it. Um, uh, and I had it in the pile of prep. Something strange about this Mike Johnson from Louisiana guy. I got to sort through yesterday's pile of prep. He doesn't have hundreds of thousands of of dollars sitting in various bank accounts. This is the most shocking thing. You're a member of the House of Representatives. You're supposed to be on the take, pal. <laughs> You're supposed to have millions. Nancy Pelosi has $185 million pallets. Here it is. This is from the Daily Beast. Does Speaker of the House Mike Johnson even have a bank account? <laughs> uh, Speaker Mike Johnson has never listed a bank account uh, on his financial disclosure. In fact, on his newest disclosure, he doesn't list a single asset at all. Does that mean that you guys... Oh, but I, I, I know what the uh, the Schafferites in the chat room are already on this. I know they are. I'm not even, I'm not even looking He's at... hiding something. Yeah, I'm not even in the chat room, but, but the, the Schaffer, Schaffer 14, and the Schafferites, I'm sure, are already on this. He's hiding something. 
He sure as hell got campaign contributions from Raytheon and the Gateway Defense Contract. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it. At least that's when Johnson. That's what Johnson reports on years of personal financial disclosures, which date back to 2016, and reveal a financial life that, in the context of his role as a congressman and now speaker, appears extraordinarily precarious. Now you know why it's precarious. He doesn't even have an IRA retirement plan. He's not selling stocks. What's wrong with this guy? We insist you become crooked. Basically, is the clarion call. Like the scene from The Grinch. He came without a bank account. He came without an IRS or boxes of cash. He came without luggage. He came without criminal, without a criminal past. Over the course of seven years, Johnson has never reported a check in her savings account in his name, nor in the name of his wife or any of his children, disclosure show. In fact, he doesn't even appear to have money stashed in any investments. <gasps> no, not that. No, not that. Yes, that. Covering 2022, showing no assets whatsoever. How very unpelosi of you. How very unmccarthy of you, Mike. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you playing our game? Look, do you need help in setting up the slush fund account? Because look, we got five, four hundred and thirty-four other guys here that are experts at it. <laughs> you want us to hook you up with Newt? Newt knows how to do it. Of course, it's unlikely Johnson doesn't actually have a bank account. What's more likely is Johnson lives paycheck to paycheck. So much so that he doesn't have enough money in his bank account to trigger the checking account disclosure rules for members of the House of Representatives. House Ethics Committee filing guidelines state that members must disclose accounts they have at every financial institution as long as the account holds at least $1,000 in the combined value of all accounts, including those belonging to their spouse and dependent children, equals $5,000. Or equals, how much is that? Equals $5,000. No, not that. Yes, that. The rules don't cover all interest-bearing cash deposit accounts at banks, credit unions, and saving loans, or the rules do cover all, and loan associations, including checking, savings, and money market accounts, along with certificates of deposit. Johnson reported receiving a $10,485.53 distribution from the New York Life IRA in 2017, his first year in office, possibly from a retirement account he had listed the previous year. It's certainly not uncommon for Americans to have less than $5,000 in their bank account. Most Americans couldn't, couldn't handle an unexpected $1,000 expense. According to a report earlier this year, the median uh, amount that Americans keep in their bank account is $5,300. But Johnson's household income puts him in the top 12% 
of earners in the United States. And it's extraordinarily rare for members of Congress to not list a qualifying bank account, let alone zero assets. Zero assets. Zero point zero. You're not allowed to do that. You're a congressman, for God's sake. Why aren't you on the take like the rest of us? Maybe Maggie's saying maybe he buried it he's under his mattress. Boy. <laughs> we don't trust maybe he's a fan of the movie The Water Boy. You can do it. <laughs> Mama said that you, you, oh, you, you don't need all kind of money in, in, in bank accounts. You're not kids fan of Vicky Valley Court. This guy is defying the Mordor establishment. They're getting angry about this. They're like, look, 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 we, we, we all know about we all know about Speaker Johnson. We all know about his supposed his supposed frugality here. Yeah, we're all quite frankly sick and tired of being lectured about uh, by him about, about about being frugal with our money. Uh, Bent Capel, or Brett Capel, a government ethics expert at Harmon Koran, told the Daily Beast it would be very unusual for a member not to have to disclose at least one bank account. Jordan Leibowitz, Communications Director for Watchdog Group Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. That's an oxymoron if I've ever heard one. Offered a more blunt assessment saying that if Johnson truly doesn't have any assets, it raises questions about his personal financial well-being. You will, you will play the game, Mr. Johnson. So what are they going to do? They're going to have a censure vote and tell him that if he doesn't go open a New York Life IRA and stash a bunch of money away in various retirement accounts and then show us some assets. Johnson, you can't be our speaker if you don't have a couple of million dollars in vacation homes. What the hell's wrong with you? So now they're suspicious. Because he's not on the usury train. Too bad there's not two syllables in Heat Waves 1978, number one hit, Groove Train. Usury Train. Because we're riding on the usury train tonight. He's riding on the frugal train. This is driving... The Pauls, it's driving the Parrot press corps, it's driving all of them in Mordor bonkers because they just can't understand why someone who gets elected that has a representative in any capacity doesn't fleece his constituents and take advantage of the fact that he can become independently wealthy and be swimming in cash and $15 pints of ice cream and $45,000 refrigerators for the rest of his life. What is wrong with him? Hey, 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 Johnson, what are you like here to serve the people? Like that actually ever happens. This isn't a Disney movie, Johnson. This isn't Mr. Smith goes, it, you know what it is? It literally is Mr. Smith goes to Washington. 
There's a famous speech in that movie where Jimmy Stewart, uh, gosh, I have it somewhere. I, 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 you know, I have all these soundbites. I just can't remember what I named them. But there's a, there's a scene from Mr. Smith Goes to Washington where uh, they're debating over some sort of spending bill or whatever, and it's Jimmy Stewart's turn, Mr. Smith's turn, to get up and talk about it, and he gives this awesome speech about how you can't spend that kind of money. You can't spend that. Come on, Frank. You can't spend that kind of money. That's, just, that's just not even your money. One of the reasons we have financial disclosures is to know whether politicians are having financial difficulties, which could make them ripe for influence by now. Oh, no. Okay, I got it now because he's not fleecing and participating in their system. That means that the the bad guys can go and bribe him and hold things against him because, hey, you're having a bad time of it. You own it. You're living paycheck to paycheck. Wait till you see what we do to your kids. We're going to make you take out a loan. We're going to make you play our game. Influenced by you now they're accusing you of. The Wall Street Journal, uh, Johnson's financial disclosures paint a picture of a man of modest means, the Wall Street Journal reported this uh, this week. But he doesn't appear to have a negative net worth, unlike the $670,000 worth the roll call once put on another recent contender in the speaker's race, uh, Steve Scalise. So, so Scalise says he's six hundred seventy-one grand in the hole. Now, how much you want to bet that some of that is related to his being shot at a baseball practice? Okay. Johnson's Benton, Louisiana home is valued at around $600,000, according to a Zillow estimate. You know, it is amazing. You could just go on the Internet. If you know someone's address, you just pop it into this thing called Zillow, which, by the way, is owned by BlackRock. Yep. I didn't know how many of you dabble in real estate, but if you're using Zillow as your guide, just understand that BlackRock actually owns Zillow. You put the address in and bammo, it will tell you, it will give you the Zill estimate. Or what they say Zillow, uh, what Zillow says it's worth. That, that, that's not a, an appraisal of any sort. It's just, just an estimate here. So uh, if you want to play green-eyed monster with your neighbors, then you can do it. It's using Zillow. The year before joining Congress, Johnson reported over $200,000 in combined income, a total he and his wife seemed to clear annually. He topped that number again last year, reporting his $174,000 federal salary, along with roughly $30,000 from his Liberty University online teaching gig. A steady hustle Johnson first reported in 2019. Oh, it's a hustle now to teach. It's a side hustle now to have a teaching gig. His wife also reported income last year from two nonprofit groups, Onward Christian Education Services, Inc., and Louisiana Right to Life Educational Committee. Members aren't required to disclose how much money their spouses earn, just the sources, but two of Johnson's previous reports do provide a dollar amount showing about $50,000 from those two various clients. Could he be his own banker with his life? Um, what's that, Maggie? You're not allowed to do that either. I was just saying, couldn't he be his own banker with his life insurance? 
Like David Simpson talks about. Okay, so uh, which is what we do. We 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 play our own bankers here when we have to finance something here. I've been doing David's plan since 2009 and steadily dropping cash in. It doesn't do you any good unless you borrow it back from yourself. And we're really good at borrowing money back from ourselves. But you're, when you play your own banker, uh, it's not really, it's more of a debit account. Or no, no, it's a, it, okay, it's an asset. It, cash account, cash accrual accounting is difficult for me and for others because deposits are debits and um, expenditures are assets. It's the exact opposite of what you would think. The terminology is the exact opposite of what you would think it to be. But in any event, uh, Maggie's right. He could be playing being your own banker, uh, but he would have to disclose that account because that's basically that's a life insurance account. Um, but you know what? It's not subject to the to IRA rules, though. That's why you have it. So you can always put money in, take money out as you uh, as you wish, which, as I said, I've been doing since 2009. In any event, maybe this maybe this re revelation is why this play digital media file number one is not should not be a shock to anyone's. Sensibilities. This is, okay, this is Johnson. He's asked about, all right, what about the spending bill? What about the Israel Relief Act? We're, our biggest ally in the region needs our money. And you won't give it to them. Why? Just a follow-up, uh, you stress the need to be able to pay for the Israel funding. As you know, President Biden has issued a veto threat on this bill. Would you consider putting a bill on the floor that includes funding for Israel but does not have spending cuts, or is that a non-starter? No, listen, we, we are in dire straits <laughs> as a nation, and if you talk to leaders at the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Pentagon, sometimes, even in recent years, under oath, they've testified before the House Armed Services Committee, where I served until uh, last week. Um, if you ask them what the greatest threat is to our national security, you would expect, most people expect they'd say China, Russia, Iran, terrorism. They say it's the national debt. We have to address it. We, we have obligations and we have commitments and we want to protect our, our, and help and assist our friend uh, Israel, but we have to keep our own house in order as well. And I think people at home, I think the American people understand that. At home, you have to balance your budget. At home, you have to make tough decisions. And Washington should run the same way. And so we are here to change the environment, to change the paradigm, the way Washington thinks. If we continue on the trajectory we're on, it's going to hurt our country terribly, and it's going to hurt hardworking Americans even more, seniors and the rest. So we have to, while we take care of obligations, we've got to do it in a responsible manner. So I've made this very clear to the president, myself, in our, in our cordial meeting that we had. I've made it very clear to our colleagues, House Republicans. I spoke at their, I mean, uh, Senate Republicans. I spoke at their luncheon yesterday. Um, I've, to every cabinet official I've spoken to, all the way down the line, that we're going to do this in a responsible manner, and that's, that's a very important principle for us. Mr. We're going to do this in a responsible manner. Our number one threat to our national security, and by the way, that national security thing is just, that's, that, it's a bumper sticker. Our number one threat to our national security is the debt. Now, I happen to, uh, to, to, to actually concur with him and agree that um, when you need $37 trillion, <laughs> You need someone, let's just pretend for a moment, that some oil sheik in Saudi Arabia 
somehow managed to commandeer the net worth of, or the the asset package, if you will, of a majority of the oil reserves in Saudi Arabia by himself. And was able to put this together, and he was selling, just throw a nice number out, he was selling 20 million barrels a day. Guaranteed income of 10 million barrels a day to the Chinese alone. 20 million barrels a day, and he was reaping all this, this and he was worth, it wasn't worth billions, he was worth trillions. Now let's say that he had amassed a fortune of 40 trillions of dollars. And then decided that, you know what, I don't want to be a Saudi citizen anymore. I want to emigrate to the United States, eat Big Macs and wear blue jeans and what have you. I, I wish to become an American citizen. Now, this is interesting. And maybe someone would go like, hey, well, you know, what are you going to do for us? Like, oh, well, look, as part of my, of my entry into American citizenship, I am willing to make a gift donation to the tune of 37 trillion, 636, sorry, million dollars. That clock was running in order to become a citizen. If someone were to do that, we would need 37 trillions of dollars just to get back to being broke. Now, that's just the cash that has been borrowed. That does not include, as we have been talking about, the only radio show and the only major media show that's been talking about this in the last 10 years, since 2012, and Lawrence Kotlikoff's report from Boston University, the debt is actually far worse than that. It's in the hundreds of trillions because you have unfunded liabilities, promises that have been made to geezered citizens via Social Security, Medicare, and then the federal workforce, which we have insisted on being unionized, and they get to retire after 20 years of service. Oh, such hard work it is ruining people's lives after 20 years. Yeah, maybe you have PTSD, and that's why you need to retire after 20 years. But in any event, and as, as I have said, many of those people that are, that are counting on getting their golden parachutes for the rest of their life, sorry, pal, you're just not going to get it. There will come a day when people are going to go, we're not loaning you any more money. You're not good for it, and you're gonna, you're, you guys are bankrupt. You're broke.